Lord, I just pray for this congregation that they will receive something from you. From you, Heavenly Father. You are wonderful. Um, anyone who knows me well knows that I'm not a particular fan of the holiday season. Uh, in my family, I have an alias this time of year of Ebenezer. Uh, uh, but somebody's got to say bah humbug, right? And um, I, I just really don't like, I, I, I like the idea of Christmas, but I just don't really like the idea, the way it's celebrated a lot, you know, with all the focus on gifts. And I just happen to look out and be married to the most generous-hearted person walking the face of the planet. Now, that has a lot of blessing involved with it, but it also puts me right on the edge of bankruptcy every year. And so, um, you know, it's, 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 that's uh, just the way things are. Uh, but I was reading just in my morning devotions um, in the Gospel of Matthew uh, this past week. And uh, I just want to read those scriptures. I, it's, it's, I think it's been hard for both Byron and I over the years to have... Um, Special occasion appropriate messages. You know, it's, it's like, how do, you, how do you really do that? We're just so used to following the flow of the Holy Spirit, it's hard to plan a, a message. But it, it worked out this time. We'll see how it goes. Um, in the first chapter of Matthew, it's, uh, it talks about, in verse 21, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And when, when I got to that place where it said God with us, it was just like, the heavens opened up and something real and alive flowed out of heaven on me. You know, it was just like this download that that really is uh, throughout the ages, in all cultures, throughout all times, men have yearned for connection with the Almighty. There is no culture that has ever existed on the face of the earth that has not believed that there is a a greater power, a supernatural realm, and we live and move and have our being in that supernatural realm. And we have the revelation that that is the very heart of God. As we were... um, you know, as, as we were worshiping this morning an old chorus that we learned years ago that I believe has its origins in the glory movement that occurred between World War One and World War Two in England. There was this move of God, it was called the glory movement, and had roots in the Keswick meetings and the and uh and and in the Welsh revival and one of the tunes they used to sing and, you know, I will butcher this. I don't have any illusions about it, but I'm going to sing it anyway. 
It said, um, I have a river of life flowing out from me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out from me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and overflow. Spring up, oh well, inside of me. Spring up, oh well, set others free. In the seventh chapter of the Gospel of John, there's this, uh, this thing that Jesus said on the last and the great day of the feast. And I believe that the Lord likes feasting more than fasting. <laughs> feasting is mentioned much more in Scripture, I think like 10 or 12 times more often than fasting, you know. Uh, the Lord likes a party. You know, He is in favor of rejoicing. He's in favor of us getting together in joy-filled moments and, and, and feasting together and talking about His greatness. And uh, it says in, in John 7, uh, verse 37, it says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. We have the privilege of living in a time where the prophecy recorded by, in Joel, in the book of Joel, is, has been fulfilled. In times past, the Holy Spirit was only poured out on special people at special moments to do special things. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all human beings. It's, it translates it all flesh, on all human beings. It was freely made available to all people. There is something flowing in us that we are often unaware of. I can remember clearly, and I've told this story before, but I've been delivered from the fear of repetition. It's a good demon to be delivered from. I was out in the... the, the Paraguayan rainforest once upon a time. It was a nice, cold, crisp, clear winter night in July. Because down there, July is winter. And we were out in this place. It was out in the bush about 
maybe 60 miles from the nearest electrical outlet. Uh, the closest town was a little place called Naranjal. And we were out in this homestead out in the Paraguayan uh, rainforest. And when we had come, the, the owner was so excited about us coming. And not so much for me, but I was traveling with a guy I called the Accidental Apostle, uh, Pastor Antonio Vera, and we were out there traveling. And Alex Mansevich was along. Some of you may remember Alex Mansevich, a missionary from Argentina, uh, as my translator, because I didn't speak Guarani, and all the people out there speak Guarani Indian. So Alex was along to translate for me. And when we got there, the guy killed the fatted pig. They, don't, they didn't have calves, so they killed this 45 or 50-pound piglet, a lechoncito. And we had feasted with a bunch of people. And um, after we were sitting around the fire, we had, we had had sopa paraguaya and roast pork. And it's like cornbread with onions and cheese in it and roast pork and Man, we were eating good, and Alex came, and he tapped me on the shoulder and, and says, you need to come with me, and I thought I'd committed some sort of cultural faux pas and offended somebody, and he was going to take me off in the woods and rebuke me about it, but Alex, he, he took me out, and we walked through the jungle, and, and uh, I was getting a little nervous because the second guy is always the guy that gets snake bit. <laughs> Did you know that? When you're walking in the jungle, the second guy is always the one who gets snake bit. The first one makes the varmint mad, and he bite, takes it out on the second guy. So we were, uh, uh, we, but he, we eventually came out of the woods and, and out into the middle of this field. And Alex turned off his flashlight, and I turned off my flashlight, and I said, well, what's the matter, Alex? And he says, nothing. I just wanted to show you something. And uh, we were standing there in the dark. It was a moonless night, and uh, he said, look up. And honestly, I had never seen the Milky Way before in my life until that night. I, you know, you've seen the Milky Way, sort of. But that night, literally, it looked like the, a, a canopy at a Jewish wedding. It was just like this... It was filled in. It was so solid packed. There was so little light pollution and the humidity was low. And it was just like there was this, this stream, this river of stars flowing through the heavens. And we, I can remember, we danced around and shouted and Alex had a tendency to get rather excited. He was a true Pentecostal preacher. And so here was this skinny little old 70-year-old man, 60-year-old man. He was jumping around in the woods and yelling and screaming and guarantee. And, and as we stood there, it was like it was so solid. It was like as we could feel the earth turn. And it was like God was giving us a panoramic view of His glory in the heavens. Do you know how fast you're flowing? If we were able to drive a stake somewhere that didn't move at all, and we could measure 
our velocity as compared to this imaginary stake driven somewhere in the universe, you and I right now are flowing at about 44,000 miles an hour. Just the rotation of the earth that makes day and night, day and night, night and day. That's about a thousand miles an hour. The earth is about 24,000 miles in circumference. So if you're standing on the equator, just the rotation of the earth is making you travel at a thousand miles an hour. Then our little sun, our little star, and this galaxy is part of the Milky Way. And they calculate, the people that know how to do these kind of calculations, uh, they calculate that that whole mass of stars in the Milky Way is traveling at about 43,000 miles an hour. If there was something stationary to measure it against. And as I was standing there looking at all of this and my mind exploding with the glory of God in, the, in, the, in His heavens there, it's like a scripture came to my mind. It was the oddest little scripture. It was the order of man. You know that says, let everything be done decently and in order. Now, some people accuse River Life of not being an orderly church, but I don't get that. This is the only order I've ever known. This is about as calm as I ever want to be, you know. But the Lord spoke to me and He said, the order of man is to line things up in the row, but my order is to let things flow. Get with the flow. I think if there was anything that I would like to be able to impart this morning, it would be a sense of God is with us. And He is flowing in us and through us. And we are traveling through this glorious creation of His with purpose and intent. You see, that's what I saw the other morning about that that thing, God with us. I saw, man, this starts out with like thanksgiving. You know, and when you're thankful, it allows you to receive something more from God. You know, an ungrateful heart is always in poverty. Lack of thankfulness will consign you to dwell in poverty forever. But when you are thankful, you get that God is with you. And then that carries us through to the third festival we're getting ready, the New Year. I'm, I'm, I'm a planner. I am an obsessive planner. I've always got a month and three months and a year and five years planning. I've got my big ideas and where I'm going and why and all that. I can't help myself. And so that's my favorite part of the year. I think, gosh, I get to start over. (laughs) I messed up last year, but I'm going to do it. You know, it's kind of like my version of a New Year's resolution. That vision, 
that comes from realizing God's with you and His mercies are new every morning. Isn't that wonderful? So for the first time in my life, it took me 67 years to get to this point. The holidays in the U.S. actually make sense to me now. Thanksgiving gets more of God and we can do something exciting in the future. That's pretty sweet, isn't it? But I've also been made aware recently of this thing. A lot of us are frustrated that our lives are not turning out like we thought they would. And I, I want to sort of break the chains off of some people's way of thinking this morning. Uh, I lost a very dear friend this week. I hope I can talk about it without acting silly and crying like Chuck up here on the platform. (laughs) But uh, a dear friend of ours, Maria Castillo, passed away this week. She had just turned 50 years old. Uh, And I'd like to just tell you a little bit of her story. And I don't want this to be like a sad lament kind of a story. I want this to encourage you about God flowing in you and through you to complete His purposes. And I know that I'm going to kind of mess up some of the details about Maria's life. And, but this is the general essence I believe I'm going to get pretty, pretty good. Luis has known Maria like forever, probably nearly as long as he's been alive. And I met him, but Maria uh, was born into abject poverty. She was born into a very, very poor family. Uh, and she was abused by an uncle and several other family members in every way you can possibly imagine that word being used. She was abused in every way you can imagine, and I hope you can't imagine all the ways she was abused. I hope you don't bear that burden to even be able to imagine it. And then when she got to be a very young teenager, uh, an older man showed her a little bit of affection. And because she had uh, such a low self-esteem and one thing or another, uh, she had a baby out of wedlock. And father didn't want to have anything to do with her. And uh, her life was very difficult, very hard. It was, it was this hard that uh, uh, she, she, had, uh, she was living near this church and there were some American missionaries that were trying to tell her about Jesus. And uh, they had preached the gospel to her and they had told her about the love of Christ and everything. And, and, but she 
just didn't know how to believe it. And so, but she had gotten down to the point where she didn't have anything to eat for her or her son, Johnny. And she had one little scrawny, skinny chicken. Now, this is a strange salvation story, I know. But she had one little scrawny chicken. It had never laid an egg. That chicken was so poor. It was so skinny. It couldn't even get up enough energy to lay an egg. You know, have you ever seen a barnyard chicken that looked like that out in the country? I mean, they're not these things you buy from Purdue and plastic wrap. They're little bony creatures. And so she prayed. She prayed what could be interpreted as being a silly prayer. She said, Lord, if I believe if you'll just have my chicken lay an egg so we'll have something to eat. Now, honest to God, most of us don't want to really pray the Lord's Prayer. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Most of us want at least six months in the bank account, right? But she was down to daily bread stuff. She was down to, I need an egg. So I'll have something to give my son. And that little bony chicken laid two eggs. That day, she prays, says, Lord, I'll believe if you'll just have my chicken lay an egg. So the chicken did a miracle. It laid two eggs. Chickens don't lay two eggs usually in one day. They lay an egg about every day and a half. Weird cycle, but that's the way it is. Okay? So she was rejoicing and thankful that she had an egg for her and an egg for her son. And that same day, the missionaries that had been telling her about Jesus came to her house with bags and bags of groceries. Toy Nelson, you know him. Pedro. Uh, Pablo. I don't know why I called you Pedro. Uh, I've known Pablo since he was a little fellow. Uh, so she gave her heart to the Lord. She eventually found a man named Mario who loved her and loved her son, Johnny, like he was his own. They went on to have four more kids. And uh, the, the, uh, Luis's mom and dad uh, started helping them when Mario and Maria lived in a you know what stick and waddle construction is? It's where you just get sticks and you pack mud in it. And uh, I think they started out, they had a, a tarp for the roof on their house. I mean, we're talking poor. But Luis's dad took Mario under his, his arm and, and started teaching him how to do things, how to work in construction and do better in one thing or another. And and Mario, eventually, Beto brought him over to our mission base there in Resistencia. And Mario helped pour the concrete in the main meeting room. And Mario and Maria both signed up to be students in the Center for Equipping Missionaries that we had down there. And, uh, and I could, I, another little side note is Maria only had a fourth grade education. And you, you imagine, 
you don't really have much to offer to the Lord when you're living in a stick and mud house with a, a plastic tarp for a roof and a fourth grade education. And uh, over the years, they built a room and another room. And I think eventually, by the time I knew them, they had a little three-room house. And, um, and they became students in our, our, our missionary school down there. And uh, just like we did here at CSM, every one of the students had to develop a mission project, you know, what a ministry project, define a ministry project. And so this is what Maria said when she was telling us about her uh, project. She says, I went to bed almost every night as a child hungry. And I can't stand the thought of the children in this neighborhood where I live going to bed hungry. So I want to feed the kids in my neighborhood. That was her ministry project. Now you have to understand, they didn't have any kitchen cabinets. They just had a little gas stove that was about that wide. But Maria started feeding kids out of her kitchen. Eventually they had to take the furniture out of their little one room. Now, when I say uh, they had one room, don't think of our open concept living things. But it was their kitchen, dining room, and living room, but it was probably about 12 by 14, you know, just to the size we'd complain the bedroom was too small about that. They took all of the furniture out of there for their family so they could have more tables to set up to feed the neighborhood children. God prospered them. And eventually they got a better house and a better kitchen. Eventually they were able to put up a feeding center in the backyard of their little house. And they got a commercial kitchen. And, and a lot of the people from here in River Life have gone down there and helped in Mario and Maria's feeding center. Well, we lost her this week. She... Uh, long story short, she had a gallbladder surgery, probably some bad medical practice, and lung infection, this and that and the other, back in the hospital. She died on December the 9th uh, from, after two massive heart attacks. And, uh, but that's, see, I want you to realize that that was a great person. That's my point in telling the story. I feel honored to have known somebody of that caliber. Now this may be my problem in life, you know. I esteem her more than most of the real famous guys with the fancy suits on the big stages in front of the lights and everybody knows their name. Maria Castillo, for me, was one of the true great people that ever has walked the face of the earth. I've known several like her. Because it's not a, a thing, the, the evaluations of the kingdom of God, that which is really true that makes a person happy or great, is not the outward things. 
It's the inward things. It's the greatness of heart. It's the communion with the Lord. It's that intimacy with God. That's what greatness is. There are very few of you seated here today that have less at your disposal than Maria had when she started her feeding center. But what she did was she realized that the same God that set the galaxies in the Milky Way in motion was in her. God with me, God in me, God wanting to flow through me to bless others. And she responded to that with that which she had at hand. One of the biggest chains that we have on us is the mentality of lack. If I had this, I could do that. Have you ever rational and thought out a process like that? If I could just get this, I could do that. That is not kingdom thinking. I, I've said this before too, but I'm going to say it probably ad nauseum for the rest of my life. Mother Teresa said, every child of God has everything they need every single day to do everything in the perfect will of God. Right in our hands, right within us, right within the power of the Holy Spirit that is flowing through us with the same potential energy as the galaxy hurling through the Milky Way. That potential energy is in us, and we have reason to rejoice. And the perfect will of God is always something that is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is in you. You are the will of God. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has foreordained that you should walk in. Isn't that wonderful? That makes me want to sing one of those glory songs. Lord, break in this season off of us the mentality that the kingdom of God is in the far distant future. Break off of us the mentality that says, I don't have enough to do everything I should be doing. There's freedom in this if you can see it. I'm flowing in God. I can't help it. Just like you cannot slow down or speed up your velocity in the rotation of this planet 
or it's hurling through the cosmos along with the rest of the planets and the solar systems in the Milky Way. There's, did you see that's potential energy, man? It's, it's, just, it's just waiting to be released on something. So we've got a lot of going and flowing going on in us at all times. Does that make any sense to you? Or am I the only you know, guy that's looking for the new version of Star Wars to come out here soon. I like that kind of stuff. Thinking about galaxies far, far away. Oh, Jesus, I just want to thank you for this season that we have to give you thanks and rejoice that you came and humbled yourself, and became a man, and died on the cross, and then released when you were glorified, after your resurrection, the Holy Spirit on all of us. And now, Lord God, we have a river of life flowing out from us. Oh, Jesus, give us the faith to step toward that thing that you have in the future. Lord, create an expectancy for the future in us. Impart it to us, Lord. It can't be reasoned out. It can't be taught. It can only be imparted by your Holy Spirit. Give us the courage and the determination and the faith to step out like Maria did when she didn't have anything to feed kids with. Let us just step out into whatever it is you got for us, Lord. God has something for each and every one of you. No matter how old, how young, how rich, how poor, how abused, how mistreated, how misunderstood, God's still got something for you that will thrill you. It'll thrill you. That sense of velocity that happens when you let the Holy Spirit come through you it's wonderful, isn't it, Bill? Don't you love it? When we get those little glimpses of God at work in us and through us. Lord, that's what we want for the new year. Come and do your thing, Lord. Come and do your thing in us. We repent of all of that foolishness that we think we can't. Uh, you know, uh, Henry Ford said this. This is, this is a great Henry Ford quote. He said... Some people believe they can, and some people believe they can't. They're all right. Lord, teach us to believe we can. Teach us to really believe that when the lights are out and things have been going wrong. Let us believe that... uh, Lord, that you're in us still. And that we're just hurling through your preordained motion here, Lord. You're in motion, whether you know it or not. Mm. It's impossible to be still. That's weird, Jim. You shouldn't have said that one. Okay, uh, I think I'm done.
I just want to give a scripture for this year. Proverbs 8.12 in the King James Version says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. One part of Maria's testimony that Jim left out was that she had no money for the food. And God showed her she had a sewing machine. And she began sewing school uniforms for schools and then getting other women to sew school uniforms for schools. And it wasn't to buy nicer furniture or a better car or moped, whatever the case may be. It was starting a business for the specific purpose of having money to buy food for the kids in her neighborhood. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. God will give us witty inventions for our motives of pure and why we want those inventions and what we're going to use the proceeds for. I just want to add this. I, I did post this on Facebook, so this is, uh, I don't do that a lot, but I did tell, and, and I, just, I, I just feel like this is uh, a point of contact. Uh, when I would go visit Maria, uh, she would always have a story about miraculous provisions for her feeding center. I mean, anybody who ever came up to Maria for a period of years, you know, she wanted to tell you how God had miraculously provided something for somebody. I mean, it was just, that's what she lived in. Well, one day she was real excited about this. Uh, she had absolutely nothing, nothing, zero, nada in the kitchen to fix for about 30 kids that were going to come for lunch. And so what she did was she put on a pot of water to boil before she had anything to put in it, believing that God would bring in the supply before the water boiled. And before she knew what was happening, one of the ladies from her neighborhood brought over a couple of kilos of meat. And then somebody came by in one of the vegetable trucks that go through the neighborhoods over there and wanted to give her the leftover vegetables he couldn't sell that morning. And so he cleaned out his truck and gave her more vegetables. And then somebody brought a 10 kilo, about a 25 pound bag of rice. And so she was able to make up a, a giso that fed, I don't remember exactly, but it's probably about 30 or 40 kids that day. This is the reason I wanted to add that little part. Some of you need to put a pot of water on the boil. Come on. Amen. That was a powerful message. You know, I couldn't understand why in the very beginning of the service I was seeing this train coming through here. You know, and I, and I kept on asking the Holy Spirit, like, why am I looking? Why am I seeing a train coming through here during worship, you know? And now I get it because the train was in motion. And basically what the Holy Spirit was saying, get on. Get on and let's go where the train is going, you know? So get on that train. Get on that train. And then the other thing I was reminded of was, you know, back in, back in Kenya, one of the things that um, our students used to like doing in terms of getting transportation was 
you know, the, here in the United States, like if you live in D.C., there's designated places where you can actually catch a bus, okay? It's a bus station. Back in Kenya, that's just a suggestion. There is bus stations for people who just violate all that stuff. And these little mini buses love to make money. So they'll pick you up from anywhere. Now, they will get in trouble. So instead of coming to a full stop, what they do is they slow down just a little bit enough for you to catch and level up with the speed of the bus itself and then jump in the door. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm going to say that. It built a lot of endurance. So I was asking the Holy Spirit, I said, why do I see that image again? And the Holy Spirit said, jump on it. You don't have to wait until it comes to full stop. Okay, he will slow down enough for you to get on it and keep on going. Amen. So we can have the ministry team come up here. We're going to lay hands on some people. If you need Father prayer to get on that train, the ministry team will love to pray for you. So if you can make your way up, I don't know who the ministry team is, but, but they'll be up here. And in the meantime, I just pray that the Lord will absolutely wreck you with his love. That his Holy Spirit will continuously chase you. And follow you everywhere you go. And that you will make you be in tune with what is going on in heaven. Amen. So the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And go in the grace of God. Amen.